Hey guys, welcome to another follow-up episode of the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And our, our favorite guest from afar, <laughs> Mr. Paul Hong, um, gave a series of insights into the midweek episode that we did on the movie Parasite. So once again, if you haven't seen it, please go watch it before you listen because there are, I mean, the nature of the podcast episode is kind of analyzing it. So there are spoiler alerts or there are spoilers spoilers so this is the official spoiler alert please go watch the movie before you you listen to this episode um and i'm I'm, and just to give you guys a little context to the episode um you'll notice that paul is talking in kind of one minute segments and that's just a function of the application that we're using anchor um to do these voice messages Paul lives in Texas and I'm in Georgia, so um, he would have been an excellent candidate to have in the room while we were talking about the movie the first time around. But be- because of the uh, distance, we we didn't we weren't able to do that. So th- th- that's why we're doing this, and that's why you'll you'll notice him mentioning, "Oh, I only have ten seconds left," or or something like that. And that's because of the one minute limitation per voice message that Anchor has. So yeah. Um, Please enjoy. I'm just going to let Paul talk. He has a lot of great insight into the movie um, and a lot, of, a lot of things that we missed the first time around that, that he mentioned. So, yeah, please, uh, if, you, if you've seen Parasite, uh, please take a listen. Thanks, guys. Hey, this is Paul uh, listening to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. Um, big fan of the work. It's really it's it's such a great podcast. Um, uh, anyway. Sorry, I, I don't know where to start because Parasite was such a great movie. Um, there's so many things to talk about. I feel like I could talk about it more and more and more and hear new insights that I didn't hear before, which I did with uh, you know through this podcast too. So, um, but I guess I, I'll just start with um, your questions that you had near the end. Who do you feel sorriest for, and uh, the biggest imprint from the movie? First of all, I was very surprised to hear people say they were they uh, felt sorry for. The rich people or the rich family because I felt like the director was very clear from the very beginning of the movie that sympathy was meant to be towards the poor people. And um, I, I'm like 10 seconds. So I'll explain in the next recording. So the reason why I think uh, sympathy was meant to be towards the poor family is really because from the very opening of the movie, uh, we meet the poor family. And what they're doing, obviously, uh, was that they were trying to... Uh, get Wi-Fi for free from like, you know, nearby, like a nearby coffee shop. And why that's so significant, why I think that immediately draws people towards the, to have sympathy towards the poor family was, or that you're supposed to, I think this is what the author intended was because um, if you've ever lived in Korea, I I had to, I I did a study abroad program there for six months and I know exactly that feeling of looking for free Wi-Fi in random places because, and, and I think, the audience, if most, since the majority of those people watching the movie probably were Korean, um, they have probably all done that in some way, shape, or form. And I think that immediately creates a connection with the poor family. And so you kind of sympathize them from that point forward. And I think that's what the author intended. Um, I think another question you guys talked about in the podcast was, uh, what was the biggest imprint from the movie? Um, and for me, uh, I'm a fan of Pong Chuno's. Uh, films, things like The Host, um, uh, Mother, Memories of Murder, Snowpiercer, 
uh, Okja, that was on Netflix. Um, he has so many films, and uh, I've been a, I'm a huge fan of like all of them. Uh, Memories of Murders, Harina Chuok was one of the first uh, Bong Joon-ho movie I, I had ever watched. And in college, I started looking for more of his movies, and that's where I discovered the host. And I just think Parasite is just like he did everything that he's good at and put it all into this movie. And every bit of it was so him and every, like every camera angle, everything. And I learned, you know, he had like storyboarded like a comic book, the entire movie. And it shows that everything in the movie was so, was like touched by him and his design. And that's why I think it's his masterpiece. It's so good. Um, you guys had talked about how there was no villain in the movie. And I actually think that's absolutely correct. And the reason why I put it that way or why I think that's correct is because um, I had a friend who told me that Bong Juno, the director and, and creator, had described this movie as a tragedy without a villain and a comedy without a clown. And with that perspective, when you watch that movie and you think of it as a tragedy without a villain and a comedy without a clown, it's like, like wow, what a what a really complicated movie. Like what a what a nuanced like way to think about a movie, right? And and it's so true in one in in that uh, you guys were totally right in saying that like there's no villain, there's no antagonist. Even even if you want to portray the rich family as the antagonist, you almost can't fault them for the way they behaved and stuff. Um, but it's also really interesting uh, because of the title, which I'll get into in my next voice message. Yeah, um, the title of the movie is Parasite. And so the question, like immediately you would think, because when you're initially watching this movie is that, oh, this con artist family, they're the parasites feeding off of the rich family by stealing the you know other employees' jobs and uh, just enjoying everything they have, right? All of it culminating to them when the family's out on the camping trip for the birthday for the son, um, that they're up in their living room getting drunk, eating snacks, and just enjoying the rain, you know, in the, watching the front lawn through the giant window, right? Um, yeah, and so you think, oh, the poor family is the parasite. But the reality also is that the rich family is the parasite as well. They're, they're parasites from the poor family because it shows that they almost can't do normal, everyday things without a poor family, without employees, uh, without people driving them around, cooking their food, washing their dishes, educating their kids, all those things, none of that they can do on their own. And so the rich family are parasites. One thing that's mentioned a few times during the movie is the son saying, well, this is very metaphorical. And he says that a few times during the movie. And I think that's meant to be an interpretive lens for the audience for different things in the movie. And the first time he says it is with the stone. You guys talked about that, uh, that boulder that he receives at the beginning of the movie from his uh, college friend or his friend that's in college, I guess. And uh, it's supposed to, and you know, they talk, it's about, it's a material wealth stone. It's supposed to bring whoever has it material wealth. Um, and by the end, when we follow that stone throughout the movie, we've, it's getting drowned in the, in the basement, you know, when, the, when it rains really bad. Um, he picks it up and he starts to resent it. And then he uses it to go attack the family in the basement to cover up all the troubles that have been caused by this, this, this couple downstairs in the basement. And in the end, it is that material wealth that they're fighting over and they kill each other with in the end. And it's so metaphorical, right, about society. So... I think another obvious metaphor other than the stone was the stairs in the movie. I mean, that's a huge imagery that Bong Joon-ho uses to talk about uh, wealth uh, and especially the, I, I guess, what the 
unfairness of it or whatever. Um, first, you go from they're in a semi-basement house and they have to walk up all these stairs through the city all the way to the rich person's house in their community, in their neighborhood, right? And then when you open the gate to the house, when um, the son is let into the house, he's walking upstairs onto the front lawn where he sees the outside of the house and it's a beautiful house. And then in the house, you walk upstairs to get into the living room and kitchen and the, you know, that area, right? And then you have to walk upstairs to the children's bedrooms and the bedrooms of the family, the most intimate parts of their you know, place. And it's, it's just even a walk upstairs there. And then there's a long uh, like staircase down to that secret basement, too. And then that stairs, when they run away in the rain, it's a long way all the way down, showing the disparity in the wealth and, their, and the class uh, that's going on. I think one thing that those stairs also... Obviously, it's it's about wealth ascension and descension, you know, and you see kind of like spots as they're uh, conning the jobs from the rich family, uh, the employees of the rich family. Um, they they are kind of growing uh, higher, going higher and higher up the quote unquote stairs of uh, material wealth. So they start at the very beginning of the movie by folding pizza boxes, um, you know, f- for that pizza restaurant. And then they end up eating at the driver's cafe, right, after the daughter gets the job as the art ther- therapist, um, and which is a little higher up. The next level is they're eating at the pizza restaurant where they used to fold boxes for, you know, right? Like they're, they're going up, you know? And eventually the highest point is when they're snacking in the living room of the rich family, right, getting drunk in that, on that rainy night. Um, and gets to the point where uh, the father says something, I think, very significant, which I'll get to in the next uh, voice message. So I'm not sure when exactly this happens, but I think it happens when they're sitting there in the living room eating the snacks and getting drunk as a family together, right? Um, the father, maybe actually this might be when they all have jobs and they're back in their own basement. And they say this. I mean, actually, that, that might make more sense. Um, but the, the father of the poor family says, um, hey, let's send a prayer to that, that rich man or that rich family for providing all this great food for us. We have this crazy income now. And he's the one we have to thank, right? And you're supposed to remember that when you think of that uh, the husband that's in that secret basement. Because remember what he says every time he turns on the light? Like he says a prayer to the rich man who's walking up the stairs and he's turning on the light for them. For him, I mean, right? He says respect and then he bangs his head onto the, the lights, right? And that's exactly what's happening. There's It's an ultimate reminder that they're still poor. They're just like that family down in that basement or that, that couple down in that basement. Now, when the family is up and ha- getting drunk in the living room of the rich family, um, you know, the dad starts talking about how he feels bad for um, the previous employees that got fired because of them, that they conned their jobs, right? And you kind of see that. Um, you mentioned a great point about how the rich people, they justify um, firing those people because they're saying, oh, they'll be fine, Right. The previous family employees, they'll be fine. They'll find other jobs, things like that. And you almost hear that from uh, the father of the poor family. He almost he feels bad, and he's like, "They'll they'll be okay, right?" Like he he has all these questions. But the daughter uh, is the smart one, and she kind of gives us the reality, right? She gets angry and says, "Dad, don't worry about them. We only need to worry about ourselves, right? We have to only worry about ourselves." And the daughter gives the reality that the survival is their priority. Right? The rich people can justify previous one, and they can just cover it up with money. The daughter cannot, right? That, that poor family cannot. They're not, again, reminder, they're still poor, even though they feel rich. Um, the last thing I'll say about the stairs and its metaphor um, is how the stairs actually prove that I think Phil was incorrect in thinking that the 
the ending was supposed to be about hopefulness, right? It actually is a reality because if you remember what the son writes at the end of his, you know, like a letter to his dad, he says, I'll, I'll get rich. I'll go to school, go to college. I'll get rich and I'm going to buy that house. And then he says, he says this to his dad. He says, and then all you'll have to do is walk up the stairs. I think that's how he ends the letter. All you have to do is walk up the stairs. And really it's showing the really naive view that uh, poor people can just pull themselves up by their bootstraps and become rich, just like uh, uh, rich people, right? And I think that shows how hopeless it actually is. It's because that's really naive and that's not true at all. I think another thing that proves kind of like the hopelessness of the situation that the poor family is in is the whole thing that you guys actually mentioned that I didn't think about until I watched it again after listening to your podcast was um, when the father talks about planning. And so remember at the beginning of the movie, they print out the fake degree and he's about to leave to go do the job interview. And his dad says, ah, oh, like, or his, the son first says like, Hey, I want you to know that I'm not this, I'm actually going to do this. I'm just printing out the degree early, but I'm actually going to go to the school and get a degree. So I'm just, just act as if I'm printing out, I'm not cheating the system. I'm not breaking any law. Right. And the dad, the dad says this. he says, Oh, you've got a plan. That's good. I'm proud of you, son. You've got a plan. I'm proud of you, son. But then when they get destroyed by the, the water, or their, their basement does, he says, you shouldn't have a plan. You'll only be disappointed in the end. That's basically what he says, right? And then finally, at the end of it, the son is sharing to his dad, here's the plan I have to get you out of that, the basement. And the reality is, the foreboding reality is that you'll only be disappointed, like the dad says. Yeah, and I guess my last thought um, that I wrote down, at least note-wise, after listening to you guys' podcast and watching the movie again, um, was the idea of cultural appropriation by the rich family, like particularly about the Native Americans, right? The, the, the Indian fanatic their you know, son was after joining the Cub Scouts or whatever. Um, yeah, I just thought that was fascinating because uh, I just know Pong Juno, he, if, and especially if you watch other, uh, his other films, he always seems to have sort of um, sympathy for those who have less power, less riches, less education, whatever the case is, and he kind of paints them in a sympathetic light. Uh, and, uh, and he's very critical of people in power. Maybe it's actually not even sympathy towards the poor, but just critical of those in power and those who have uh, means and ways and materials, right? And uh, that's one thing he, I think he's saying uh, that people in power do is they uh, take cultures or you know, things that aren't theirs, right? And just use them for their own entertainment, which is you know, not good. Uh, yeah, I just want to say um, Parasite was a great movie and I'm glad you did a podcast over it. I hope to hear this is one of my favorite podcasts. And so I really appreciate uh, you and your podcast and that you continuing to be consistent in it. Uh, it's been really fun to watch you do this and listen to you do this and stuff. So uh, the last one with David, um, just an old friend of mine. And so really uh, li enjoyed listening to him and uh, his story. And um, yeah, it was really, really good conversation. Miss those guys. So anyway, um, yeah, keep it going, man. I've been really enjoying this podcast and um, yeah, hopefully, uh, one day, hopefully I can, uh, meet you and we can talk about all these things. All right. Catch you later.